and welcome to another episode of A Sip Down Memory Lane. My name's Olivia. I'm Emma. And today is exciting. We are hearing Emma's birth story. Yes, the time that this episode comes out will be on my daughter's birthday. Ah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Happy birthday, Lisa. Yes, her first birthday. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Oh, I'm 100% going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> you all know me by now. <laughs> I, I will cry. Yeah, I would be disappointed if you didn't. <laughs> what are you drinking today, Olivia? <laughs> I have a funny drink today. I... Oh. I'm drinking one of the, I don't know, 11 flavors of Mountain Dew that exist. There's so many different Mountain Dews. I don't know why there are so many Mountain Dews. They all taste kind of the same. Anyway, this one is goji berry flavored, I think. Oh yeah, I've seen stuff that are goji berry flavored, but what's a, what's a goji berry? Couldn't tell you what a goji is. <laughs> uh, while I look up what a goji berry is, is there uh, more about the drink that you want to say? Mm, not really. It's just that I went to Maverick before this, and it was the one that was speaking to me. Mm. Also, I like the noise of that. Yeah, that's satisfying. Yeah. I think it's making me a little shaky. Okay, they look weird. They they kind of look like cherry tomatoes. Mm, I don't like the look of that. Yeah. But it says goji, goji berry, or wolfberry is the fruit of either... Lycium barbarum or Lycium chinense? Chinense? Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally what I was going to say. <laughs> Two closely related species of boxthorn and the nightshade family. <laughs> it sounds so. like you're reading a fantasy <laughs> book to me right now. Those words sound made up, literally. <laughs> I mean, it is from Wikipedia, so... <laughs> <laughs> There's a thing that is things to know. What what are goji berries supposed to taste like? Um, dried goji berries have a distinct flavor reminiscent of a cranberry or a sour cherry. Hmm. Anyway, so the more you know. Do you have certain drinks that you drink with certain fast food or takeout? Uh, no. Especially because I'm funny enough not like a big drink drinker except for in certain <laughs> drink settings drinker. <laughs> if that makes sense like i typically just get water yeah, when we go that's out true. and it's not because i'm like trying to be healthy i just mm -hmm. genuinely prefer water when when i go out and it's probably because i don't drink enough water in my regular life but or anything <laughs> um but, I mean, I have, like, go-tos where I'll get, like, a Dr. Pepper or a Sprite if I get a drink. Gotcha. Every now and then I'll get maybe, like, a fancy lemonade. But I do have a thing where, like, if I eat spaghetti, then I have to have milk. Or I crave milk. Oh, my gosh. I think you told me this before and it's blown my mind. I know. It's really crazy. My grandma on my mom's side, she, like, always had milk. And... We ate spaghetti a lot with them. And so it was like we would have spaghetti and mm. milk. And so it was just this thing that like when I was there, that's like what I would have. And so then now it's like a what's that? The dog thing where you trigger a dog to salivate. Yeah, classical like, conditioning. Yeah, that's like that's yeah. kind of what it is. So when I and it, I won't say like every single time, but I will 
or that I have it every single time, but I will get this like craving like, oh, I'm eating spaghetti. And it's not if I'm eating like fancy, like when I make my like homemade pasta with my homemade sauce, I don't crave it. No milk requisite. No. Got it. It's like cheap pasta, cheap sauce. I need, I need milk. Interesting. Yeah. I feel the same way about certain fast food or restaurants. Like I always get the same thing with certain meals. Yeah, I hate how I'm saying certain right now. <laughs> I'm like, why does it sound weird? It's supposed to be certain. Certain. <laughs> and I'm like, certain. But <clears throat> yeah, I used to only drink this Mountain Dew when I would go to this pizza place in Idaho called Righteous Slice. Oh, and so, the goji berry one? Yeah. So it's it's making me miss college a little bit. But... You know, good old days, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you drinking? I am drinking some orange juice. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. Because when I was pregnant with Liesl, I wanted orange juice a lot. That's cute. Yeah. Okay. I had no idea that that's why. I thought you just had like a random urge for orange juice. (laughs) No. No. I kind of was taking it because when you did your episode about Laura, you got a yeah. drink that was like represented your relationship. And so <laughs> I got one that represented my pregnancy. Cute. <laughs> and, and it's funny because I drank orange juice a lot through pregnancy because <laughs> I had gone early on in my pregnancy. I went like the first trimester. I, we went to Texas for a wedding. Shout out to the Tuckers. And <laughs> I stayed with a friend that I grew up with in California that lives in Texas now. We went and spent a couple days with her and her family. Shout out to the Van Rousens. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, my friend Hannah that we stayed with, that she's the one that I grew up with. Her mom was like, oh, yeah, orange juice is a really good thing to drink. It's good for the baby's development, which is not why I drank it a bunch, but... When she mentioned orange juice, then I, like, was craving it. (laughs) You're like, oh, yeah. I'm like, that sounds really good right now. (laughs) And so then I – and if we got – well, I guess I will say now I do do have something that if I eat at a certain fast food restaurant, like – if I get McDonald's breakfast, I always want an orange juice. Mm -hmm. It really hits. It's so good. And that was one of the things that – didn't make me feel gross was a McDonald's egg McMuffin, sausage egg McMuffin with cheese. <laughs> and uh, I would get an orange juice too, but yeah, I, I liked drinking orange juice a lot. It was like a the perfect thing that it had like good flavor, but it didn't make me feel gross. Yeah. So that's cute. Maybe Lisa will grow up to love orange juice. Maybe. I know we haven't given her juice yet. That's okay. Which is, you know, you're not really supposed to at yeah. this age. Once you go juice, you never go back. <laughs> right? <So. laughs> well, let's get into our exciting things. My exciting thing is quite exciting, I will say. I think I can guess what it is. Really? Do you want to try? Is it that Boy Genius is coming out with their album on Friday? <sighs> you know me so well, Emma. That actually was not what I was going to say, but... <laughs> I could talk about that for just a second. I don't have, I literally talk about this every single episode, but I did get Boy Genius tickets. That's right. For their tour. Yeah, you told us that yesterday. Yeah, I actually teared up a little bit. I said, I'm going to see Phoebe Bridgers in the flesh, not once, but twice. Yeah, amazing. 
so then besides that, what's more exciting? Yeah, sorry. That was a little <laughs> uh, a little tangent, but my actual exciting thing for this episode today is that I went to my first comedy show. <gasps> oh, that's Like my right. first official stand-up show. Right. And it was Hannah Burner, who I love on TikTok. I've been following her for several months now, and I got my friends and I some tickets to go see her. And she did not disappoint. Good. I still have a few of her jokes running through my head. And I I just loved the vibe of the comedy show, too. Just people getting tipsy, people just <laughs> laughing way too loudly. Anyways, yeah, I really loved it. What was your exciting thing? My exciting thing is that I went to a concert. <gasps> oh, yeah! I went to Theo Katzman. You're wearing the shirt right now, too. <laughs> Represent. Which... I have to admit, I'm not wearing the shirt right now because I was like, I can't take it off. I bought it before the concert started, put it on, and haven't taken it off <laughs> because I slept in it. And then today was a very busy Liesl day and uh, just had a lot to think about and do and consider. And changing was not one of those things. So I am still <laughs> wearing it. It's really, really cute, though. It really is. Um, Can confirm. It was an amazing concert. It's Theo Katzman is just, I, just the most mind blowing musician. Yeah. And it's funny because the first professional concert I ever went to was in high school. It was Taylor Swift, which I'm not like a big Swifty, but it was her Speak Now album, and I listened to that one a bunch. Mm -hmm. So the concert was amazing. She's also incredible. But to go to Theo Katzman right now when the Eras tour is happening mm -hmm. and to be hearing about that, but then to go to Theo and be like, oh, my gosh, what did I just witness? Which is what I've been hearing yeah. from people who are going to see Taylor Swift. And I'm sure I would think the same thing if I went. But I, it just he blows my mind. And you should go check him out. He's amazing. Theo Katzman, which is like spelled K-A-T-Z-M-A-N. Mm -hmm. I just spell checked you by looking at your shirt. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I didn't even think about looking at my shirt for the spell. <laughs> I just knew it. But he's so good. And, okay, so first of all, it was amazing. We went with some friends that are just, like, so fun. It was an awesome group of people to go with. Uh, his, not just Theo, but the band that he brought with him is absolutely amazing. There's a bass player that he brought with him named Joe Dart that people totally fangirl over and he was awesome, but everybody was incredible. The opening act was great and I wish I remember his name. It was Benjamin something. He was great too. And uh, so that just was wild. It was this small, intimate setting and... He played my favorite song. Which is? Break Up Together. We used to break up together. Oh, no. We used to make yeah, love there we together. Go. Now we break up together. Yes. Oh, For free, Emma? Ever break up together. Ooh, <laughs> for free? <laughs> anyway, Theo, if you're listening, I love you. And um, <laughs> he's not, but that's okay. It was just, yeah, mind-blowing. He's incredible. And um, I put him on earlier today just because he made me so happy. And Liesl loves him, too. She dances when she hears him sing. So it was, Aww. he just, uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> a full body experience. Mm -hmm. I cried. I smiled so hard my cheeks hurt. And it was a spiritual experience as well. 
I've been having maybe blue and God again. Yeah. All over again. <laughs> yes, all over again. Because they haven't stopped. But <laughs> I uh we I've been having an interesting relationship with music the last few years and I've been trying to repair it and I feel like that was what I needed to like really kickstart me going into like truly repairing that relationship and he does things with his voice that nobody does and you're just like whoa and it wasn't even that I was listening and thinking I want to do that I was like man I gotta get back to basics Aww. Which felt like really motivating. So anyway, yeah. who knows? Maybe I'll be doing some more music stuff in the future. I would love to see that from you. Thanks. <laughs> well, enough exciting things. <laughs> Just well, Emma, let's hear about your birth story. All right. Well, Liesl's birth story, I guess I should say. <laughs> I know, but it's so funny. You could use it interchangeably because okay. it is her birth story, but it is also my birth story. Like when yeah. you talk to other moms, you'll be like, oh, I want to hear your birth story. Gotcha. Anyway, it's, I know, it's confusing. Yeah. Well, I'm excited because birth and motherhood terrify me and <laughs> I can always use a little... I don't know if this will help me out that all that much, actually. I, it might scare me more. But regardless, I've never heard the story all the way through, and I'm looking forward to it. Good. <laughs> I know birth is wild, and it doesn't matter what your story is. It is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and there are not a lot of things to be expected. I haven't heard a single story that is the same as mine. So uh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. It's always very unique. Kind of fun, kind of fresh. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I am going to focus on the birth story, but I want to just give like a very quick background on my pregnancy. I was only sick for the first trimester and it was, you know, it was not fun. Uh, but then after that, I when I recovered from feeling sick, my body shifted very fast and changed very quickly. Like I was showing at 10 weeks and that doesn't happen a lot with people's first babies. Mm -hmm. Just my body, there's not a lot of room. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it also caused me a lot of pain. And that was something that people didn't ever really prepare me for or talk about. Like I knew there would be some and I knew that it would be uncomfortable. But there were a lot of things that were different from what I'd heard from other people. And I was really incapable of doing a lot of things. And it was it was tough. So by the time... Liesl was arriving, I was ready. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, pregnancy full, uh, is 40 weeks, but full term is 37. So you can have a baby at 37 weeks. They're considered healthy. Typically, they don't need to go to the NICU or anything like that. So at 37 weeks, I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll start doing whatever those tricks are that people say that bring get a baby out faster, <laughs> um, which I'll get to in a second. So, Liesl was born on April 13th, which is today, the day this podcast is releasing. My birthday is April 10th. And Ooh. last year, my birthday was on a Sunday. And we were at family dinner. And I was like, oh, I hope she comes this week. I am so done. And my dad was like, yeah, Wednesday would be a good day, which is the day she was born. And he's like, hey, Liesl, come on Wednesday. And we're like, haha, that's funny. And... Um, <laughs> Wait, why did he say that? 
Because Wednesday actually would have been a great day. <laughs> oh, like logistically, like yes. everyone's schedules aligned and everything. Yes, which is something that I like forgot to even like write down in my notes to talk about. So my mom is a flight attendant and this is her first grandbaby, right? My parents are brand new grandparents mm -hmm. and she has to travel, obviously. And her schedule is not predictable. Like if you know anything about flight jobs it is not predictable and she had tried to schedule time off around the time that I was going to have the baby but obviously babies are also unpredictable <laughs> so it was this thing where I was like okay as soon as I start having any sort of regular contractions I'm going to start tracking them and I'll let her know because even if she was in the air once she landed somewhere she could like call out of her trip and fly back. And I was like, the earlier she knows, the sooner she could get back. Because people say it takes a while for you to labor and get to the point where you can actually go into the hospital. Mm -hmm. You are supposed to get to a point, they call it 411, I believe, where you are having contractions every four minutes for a minute for a whole hour. Ugh. Yeah. Disgusting. I know. But it takes a really long time to get there. Like, some people labor for, like, over 30 hours. No, thank you. No, I'll pass. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't go through that, which you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler alert. But, so, we were already worried about these things, but my mom happened to have that day off, Wednesday, and my dad <laughs> had also taken that day off. They were going to do a little staycation. Aww. Which is why he said that would be a great day. And, you know, we go home. We actually, that night, I believe, we went and drove on our way home just to the hospital to look at where the labor and delivery section was just so that we were aware. We were like, cool, it's there. We go home. You know, Monday comes. Monday, I start doing uh, curb walking which is where you put one foot up on the curb, but then you have one foot below the curb and you walk one way and then you turn around, you go the other way and it's <laughs> supposed to help. And I was like, well, you know, we'll try whatever. So I wake up Tuesday morning, 9am. I go to the bathroom. I sit down and whoa. And like, it was immediate. And then I peed. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, even if I, have to pee so bad it doesn't happen that fast right it still takes a second and so i was like that does it sorry no you're good does it feel like you're peeing when your water breaks or does it, did it just not feel like feel it's like coming it from me. this like random abyss yeah it was like very clear to me and i don't know if it's because my bladder was full because some people think mm. just feel like they peed themselves and actually people will pee themselves and think that their water has broken <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so, but I was pretty sure because it made this huge gush down and it, it kind of like, I felt like a, not like I felt a pop or a release of pressure. It felt different. And then, like I said, then I peed and I was aware. I was like, well, that felt like pee. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was sitting there and then I had a little more leakage and it, it didn't feel like pee either. I was like very aware of my body. Good. Which was awesome. And so I sat there and I let Dixon know. I was like, okay, so I think my water just broke. Of course, he was freaking out. I was freaking out. And I was like, maybe just start gathering like the last few things we need for our hospital bag. I'd already packed it, but there are, you know, things like chargers, toothbrushes. Mm -hmm. And Dixon had 
to still pack, I guess, like his own backpack. But it was all stuff again that he was like still using. And so he was doing that. I was like, well, I'll call the nurses and make sure that this is what it is. I was determined to not be that person that goes into the hospital and then gets sent home because it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. I've had so many friends that they were like, oh, well, I'm having regular contractions. Go on in. And maybe they didn't know the 411 rule. I don't know. (laughs) But then they got sent home because they're like, well, you're not having contractions often enough. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay. So then they had to go home. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not I'm not going to be that person. But if your water breaks, it doesn't matter if you're having contractions or not, which I wasn't. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't feeling contractions, I should say. Gotcha. They say go in because it can be cause for infection if your water breaks and you don't, you know, respond quick enough. Mm -hmm. But I had to wait until 930 until the nurse's office was open for me to call. So I just kept sitting on the toilet and... At, so, at one point, I flushed because I was like, well, there is pee in here. When Amniotic fluid is, like, clear, so it's odorless and colorless. And I kept leaking, and so I just kind of was keeping an eye on it to make sure that it was both of those things. I finally called the nurses, and they're like, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Go into labor and delivery. And I had Dixon grab me a diaper. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, I'm not going to like leak all over everything in the car. (laughs) I put, I brought a towel with me just in case, Mm -hmm. but I was like, I'm not, no, I don't want to leak all over the place. Yeah. (laughs) That's gross. (laughs) And so we drive to the hospital and I, we were both like, oh my gosh, this is, I can't believe that we just like came here the other day. Like that was great. (laughs) Now we didn't have the car seat base installed in the car yet but Dixon was like I could do that at some point we did have the car seat so he was like we'll, we'll be here long enough I'll, I'll be able mm-hmm. to figure that out we get up to the hospital we go into the doors and you had walked into these doors Olivia when you came in it's you know you have to like buzz in yeah it's really confusing yeah they keep it really private and safe so it's a door that is locked and you have to go to the intercom so I like push the button and they're like, hello. And I'm like, um, uh, my water broke. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you said. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I probably stumbled a little bit too because I didn't know what to say. Like, I promise I'm supposed to be here. And I was like, I think I'm having a baby. <laughs> baby? <laughs> yeah. We had also like texted everyone on our way to the hospital. I should, I should make that clear too that we had texted our families and we're like we're headed in water Mm -hmm. broke (laughs) so they let us in the front desk people they're like oh so exciting welcome and they take me to what's called triage Mm. i don't know why it's called that that. sounds a little scary i know i think there might be triage in like the military too so i don't know i don't actually know what that means (gasps) But (laughs) triage in the hospital (laughs) is where they check, they monitor you and make sure that like it is actually time for you to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And then they'll admit you and take you to your delivery room. Well, what I didn't know going into this, and I felt fairly prepared. I knew I didn't know everything. We did a birthing class that I felt like set me up for most things. There were still lots of things that were new once we got going. But 
they I didn't know that they were going to test the fluid. But the nurse did this swab test and was like, okay, I think I got a good test. I think I got some of the fluid, you know. And I told her things. They also, let me back up, hook you up to two different monitors. So you get into your gown. They put two monitors on your stomach. One tracks the contractions and one tracks the movement of the baby. Mm. And they make sure everything is going well. And their, like, heart rate and stuff like that. And I can't remember where my contractions were at, but I was having them. I just wasn't feeling them. And she also checked to see how far I had dilated because, you know, your cervix has to dilate so far. Mm -hmm. has to dilate to 10 centimeters before you can have a baby. Yeah, it's wild. And I was... (laughs) She said I was one and a wiggle. One and a wiggle. One and a wiggle. I'm like, just tell me I'm one. If I'm not two centimeters, don't try to get my hopes up that I'm further like, along. Don't try to be cutesy right now. Yeah, just, I. that's all right. I can accept where I'm at. <laughs> that's okay. I, I also didn't totally know if that was good or bad. So, you know, because I know that things can progress really quickly or really slowly, depending on who you are. But I also knew I was supposed to be there because my water broke. She does this test... She sends it into the lab and she's like, it should be back really, really soon. We wait for like an hour. And, you know, we go through all these emotions of like, oh my gosh, we're about to have a baby, right? Mm -hmm. It's excitement, terror, joy, like every type of emotion you can think of, we were going through it. (laughs) And we were like, I was stoked out of my mind. Dixon was terrified of childbirth. I will say I was not scared that i cannot fathom how you are not (laughs) terrified of it pregnancy sucked so bad that i was like hey pregnancy lasts nine to ten months Mm -hmm. right birth was a moment yeah and i was like and then it would be done and i get to meet my baby and this is kind of a good time i feel like to bring up my goals i didn't have a birth plan i had two goals one I wanted to labor at home as long as possible. Obviously, things were different with the water breaking, (laughs) which was fine. I also wanted to go without an epidural. So I just, yeah, it didn't scare me. I was just like, this is going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. Did it scare you before you got pregnant? Yeah. A lot? Mm -hmm. And when I found out I was pregnant, I realized I was like, oh my gosh, now I have to go through that. Mm Mm-hmm. But very quickly, I got over that because, again, I was miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to be You're done. Like, I'll do anything. Yeah. It was like, all right, sure. That's fine. Cool. <laughs> so after waiting for an hour, the nurse comes back and says, well, it wasn't your water. It was negative. It was what? not amniotic fluid. What? I know. Which, of course, we're like... Well, what is that? And what does that mean? What it meant was we were being sent home, which remember, I was not going to be that person. (laughs) And now I was. (laughs) And I was so confused. And I was like, I I know my body like this isn't that I look back at this conversation a lot more annoyed now, you know, looking at it a year ago than I did even like a few months after having Liesl. Because at the time I was like, well, okay, she's just, she's just following protocol. But now I'm like, 
why didn't she listen to me? Yeah. And she kept telling me stupid things. Like, she's like, well, you know, if you just, if you, was it trickling down your leg? I was like, no, I put a diaper on. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it wasn't. She's like, well, if you let it trickle down your leg, then it's a good sign. I'm like, so it's not a good sign that literally a gush of water is coming out of me every, like, five minutes? <laughs> like, you know when you turn on a faucet, you, like, turn it on, turn it off really fast, and, like, so much water comes out? That's what it was happening. Really? Yes. It was, Whoa. like, a noticeable amount. And she was telling me, like, well, you know, if it drips down your leg, that's a good sign. I'm like, but I don't want it to. Yeah. I want to wear a diaper because I don't want to get wet. <laughs> I don't want to get my couch wet. I don't want to, like, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't want to just sit in places and, like, get everything wet with this gross fluid. You know? Like, I, so stuff like that. Well, then, you know, we're asking, We first of all, we didn't know what to ask, but the only thing that we asked was, like, well, what is it? She said it could be really liquidy discharge, or if you guys no. had sex, it could be really liquidy semen, which, like, what? I was like, Flowing out of me every five minutes. Either of those things like, don't make any sense. Sh- <laughs> I just was like, ugh. And, I'm dying. And I don't know if it was the fact that I hadn't been, like, dilated very far. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I was having regular enough contractions. Like, at that point, they were maybe... I, I don't remember what she said, but I feel like they were maybe, like, six, seven minutes apart or something like that. Gotcha. Again, I wasn't feeling them, so that was... That's weird, and I I went through so many emotions, I forgot what that was like. So then, after feeling all of these emotions, it was like they were put to a halt. Have you ever had that happen to you before? Like, you... Like, hold on. I guess just explain a yeah, little more. I, can I think I know what you mean, but. Where you have all these emotions of anticipation and excitement, and then all of a sudden they're just like ripped away. By someone else or yeah. by. Yeah. It feels awful. Mm-hmm. And then you don't know what to feel. Yeah. And. It's very confusing. Mm-hmm. And. It's a little, it's a little gaslighty in the sense of like, you feel like you shouldn't have been excited or happy or whatever the emotion is. And then you're like feeling weird about yourself. You're like, why am I acting this way? It was nothing. And then, then you're like, do I ever trust my gut ever again? (laughs) Well, and especially in this moment, I was like, well, I don't want to be that like nervous first time mom. Mm -hmm. And... So we just go home. We pack up our stuff. I get back in my clothes. We go home. And I just cried. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Dixon had told his boss, he's like, all right, we're having a baby. Like, got to go. And his boss was like, okay, cool. See ya. And Dixon at first was like, well, I guess I could go back to work. But because I was in so much distress, he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to go back to work. Like, I'm just going to sit here with you. It's going to be fine. Um, you know, m- maybe she'll come in the next couple of days. Right. Mm-hmm. The one thing that the nurse did say when we were leaving was, if it keeps happening, come back. So I was like, okay, cool. So by the time we got home, remember, we got to the hospital between like 9.30 and 10. A.M. A.M. Okay. On the 12th. We leave like around noon. So we'd been there for a really long time. Mm -hmm. We go home. 
and I'm in total distress, right? I don't know what to do. I'm still confused. I'm still wearing a diaper because I'm still leaking. And I'm like laying on the couch and I, you know, in my anxiety, I was like, well, I don't really feel her moving as much. And there's this thing that they have you do called kick counts where they make sure that the baby is doing 10 movements in two hours, like 10, like big movements in two hours. And if they're not, you're supposed to go in. Well, Liesl moved a lot, so I didn't have to do it, really. They didn't even, like, tell me that I had to. They were like, ah, if you have moments where you're worried, do it. And every time I would do it, she would pass it in, like, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so this time I was like, well, I'll just do it because I was, like, feeling anxious. And I knew, I was like, it'll probably be fine. Two hours hits, like, literally, like, a minute before two hours hits, she makes her 10th movement. And... I'm like, that's weird. Mm -hmm. And I'm stressed about it. So then I call the nurses again. I try to explain to them the whole situation. They don't totally understand me over the phone. It's very confusing. And they're like, okay, well, you know, do it, do it again. You know, eat something like sugary, drink some water, whatever. Make sure you're laying on your side. Do it again. Like, you know, see how it goes. I do it again. Same thing. She like barely passes, which makes me really nervous because I'm like, She's not typically like that. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, it still was within two hours, so it is probably fine. We ended up putting the car seat base in the car. We're like, well, we're at that point. Might as well. Because you don't want to put it in like too soon. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> According to people, you don't want to put it in too soon. So we put that in, which funny enough, we were struggling so hard. And Dixon was like, what the heck? And I was like, what the heck? And I just eventually, like, in my, like, I just have to, like, figure this out. I, like, get in and I'm, like, putting it in, right? Like, as I'm leaking and about to have a baby. <laughs> and um, we end up going to get some food. We go and get Costco pizza, which, like, Costco pizza's good. But that day, it was not. It was, like, <laughs> extra greasy. No. We felt awful. And at about 6.30, we're like, you know what? And this was, we're at Costco. We're like, you know what? Let's just go back to the hospital. Mm -hmm. I was still leaking. I was still nervous about the movements. So we go back. And when we get in, I, I have the same interaction at the door. <laughs> <laughs> My water broke. <laughs> yeah. Again? <laughs> yeah. I go in and they're like, oh, you're back. And I was like, yeah, great. I am back and you recognize. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that'd be weird. It was the same day. I know. If they didn't remember you, that'd be a little, a little red flaggy if you ask oh, Right. <laughs> now, I should add, my experience at this hospital was actually, like, really amazing. Good. So, there were just, like, a couple little things. And... So we go in, this nurse, there's a different nurse in triage because they had done their shift change. And this nurse was like way more attentive to me. She listened to me a lot more. She was just as confused as I was. She wasn't trying to give me any just like blow off answers. And I don't know if that was just because that is her character or because it was the second time I'd been in. But she hooks me up to the monitors. She texts to see if I'm dilated any further. I'm not. <laughs> but I'm having contractions every four to five minutes, which I'm still not feeling. Interesting. There were a couple times throughout the day I thought I was feeling like Braxton Hicks, which mm -hmm. don't have any pain or anything. I was like, I think I'm feeling it, but I, I had no idea. It was so weird. But she was like, okay, yeah, that's 
weird that you're not feeling them, but they're happening. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and they're actually kind of strong. And I was like, okay. Or like, at least strong enough. It's like very weird. What does a contraction feel like? Oof. Well, I'll get into this more, but I don't know if I have a good answer because I never experienced a natural contraction. Oh. But they're painful. Braxton Hicks, I'd experienced a couple of times. They've, it's your heart, your stomach gets so hard, mm. like a rock, like literally rock hard, <laughs> and it's it's really uncomfortable. Okay. Um, contractions that are not Braxton Hicks are painful. <laughs> <laughs> she checks me. She does another test to send into the lab to see if it's mm-hmm. amniotic fluid. We wait forever again. And, you know, we asked her questions. She was she answered a lot more. I don't remember what her answers were. We also went in better prepared with questions. We also, my friend shared that she had had a similar experience once and had to get an ultrasound and that's when they saw that the fluid levels were low. So we also went in prepared to ask for that if we needed. But she this nurse was just way more helpful after like another hour (laughs) the results finally come back Mm -hmm. they're negative again weird yeah they're like not amniotic fluid but she was like this is still really strange and she checked me again still hadn't gone any further on being dilated she is like okay she's like yeah the contractions are like sort of slowing down she's like but they're still like every five to six minutes Mm -hmm. She's like, but I want to monitor you still. She's like, there might be some other way we can keep you here. <laughs> you might still be able to have a baby. I was like, okay, cool. And she was in contact with the doctor. I went to an OB where I just like cycled through a bunch of doctors. I didn't have a specific doctor, so I didn't get attached to somebody, which I liked because then I didn't feel like I, if my doctor wasn't there to deliver, I wasn't sad. Gotcha. Yeah. So whoever was on call, and it was actually a doctor I hadn't <clears throat> met, but... They were in contact. After a while, after like, contractions are sort of slowing down, but they're still happening. Um, I haven't dilated any further. We'd been there for a couple hours. After a while, the doctor's like, you know what, let's get an ultrasound. So an ultrasound technician comes in, they do test, and she walks out, she doesn't tell us anything. The nurse comes back in and is like, oh, did she tell you anything? We're like, no. She's like, okay, well, your fluid levels are really low. And she says it just like that, like, you know, just like super nonchalant. And she's like, uh, they're at a level three. And we're like, okay. <laughs> three out of three? Right, you're like, what, what is the scale? She goes, um, normal is 17. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, yeah, so we have to induce you. She was like, chill about it which was really helpful um and i was like okay cool uh can i go to the bathroom because that pizza had been oh no working on me <laughs> and uh so i went poop and then <laughs> we went to the delivery room <laughs> and they hooked me up to all the monitors again and put an iv in me which was like really hard i I guess I was dehydrated enough or whatever. It was hard to get it in, which freaked me out because I hate needles. So they Mm. gave me Pitocin through an IV. Mm -hmm. I also had tested positive for this thing called group B strep, which I don't fully understand still. 
uh, but it could affect the baby potentially. And so they've just hooked up some antibiotics as well. And that nurse who took care of us, she was super nice. She's like, I don't know if I'll see you again, but you know, like good luck and you know, all that stuff. And I was like, okay, thank you. I appreciated her so much. She really, really listened to us and I felt heard. We love listeners. It was great. So, uh, then my parents come into the room. They, well, they came in right before they induced me. I didn't actually get the Pitocin until 11 PM. And like, we probably got to the hospital around seven. Yikes. So, yeah, we'd already been there for a long time. And they put me in a room with a tub. They asked if I wanted a room with a tub because I wanted to go without an epidural. And that can really help with easing mm-hmm. the pain of the contractions. Remember, I had not felt a real contraction. So then on the Pitocin, <clears throat> on the Pitocin, <laughs> I started feeling real contractions. And they sucked. And very quickly, they started to escalate and mm. get worse and worse. And some people react to Pitocin really well. Some react just how they need to. And some don't react at all. So I knew it could go either way. I reacted very, very well. And so the contractions would go up and then they'd come down and they'd go right back up. I wasn't getting breaks in between them. Mm. The nurses, there were two nurses because one was being trained. And the one that was being trained would come in and check on me. They have monitors that they can view on the outside where they can see all the stuff that like uh, my monitors were hooked up to. Mm-hmm. So then like I have my privacy, whatever, but then they can, can come in and check on me and still be aware of what's going on. Make sure baby's fine and all that stuff. So she'd come in periodically and she showed my husband and my mom and dad how to apply counter pressure, which mm-hmm. is just like pressing on different parts of my body to help alleviate some of the pain and um it helped at first that nurse was so so sweet she would like rub my back and tell me i was doing a great job and was like really really helpful and sweet the one that was training her not so much but (laughs) after a really long time of this and then finally like probably at the beginning my contractions were only going up to like the quarter of the height on the scale by the end they're going like all the way up to the top and only coming back down maybe halfway Mm. right so and then you think about that like just the constant going up and down and up and down and i had gotten to this point where after i had been laboring from 11 (laughs) to like eight ish it was so miserable and at one point they turned it down because they were like, you're having way too many, like you're having more contractions than you're supposed to. So we're going to turn it down just a little bit. And then they would like turn it up again and mm-hmm. it would be fine. But I got to this point where I was in so much pain and I could tell myself, I was like, okay, I'm going to meet my baby soon and I could get through it. Mm-hmm. I also never took advantage of the tub. <laughs> no, <laughs> there were signs that said, <laughs> You couldn't get in with the monitors. So I was like, oh, well, I can't get in. But I wasn't thinking logically. And so I didn't Mm. think about the fact that, like, the nurses would make sure I could be in the tub. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And I I do. That's, like, my one. (laughs) Mm, I'll get into my things I do differently later. But that was definitely a regret that I wish I would have just done that. And obviously my family didn't know either. (laughs) Yeah. So I didn't take advantage of that, but I got to a point where I was trying out different positions to labor in. They weren't helping. The nurse that was training or doing the training, the one that wasn't as nice, 
she comes in and I was like, can we please turn this down? I like beg her. I'm like, please, can we turn this down? And she just is like, uh, no, doesn't explain anything to me. And wait, sorry, turn what down? The Pitocin. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Turn down the Pitocin a little bit. I didn't know it was just like constantly flowing. Yeah. But they could do like, they could turn up and down, like how much was flowing. And I think like how regularly. Gotcha. Yeah. It's not like they just put it in you once and then it's good. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, me and my family are just like in shock. Like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've turned it down before and I am dying. <laughs> yeah. And then a new nurse came in looking back. I realized that nurse was going through her shift change and didn't want to take the time to explain it to me. Mm-hmm. What she could have said is, you know what? I'm about to go home. <laughs> Your next nurse will come in. She'll be able to explain it to you. I just, I'm so sorry. Like, she'll be able to help you. I just can't right this moment. Mm-hmm. Or at least, like, I can turn it down for a second, but just know they might have to turn it up, right? Like, that kind of a thing. And we were just like, we didn't know what else to say, which then made me start thinking. I was like, okay, hey, it's eight in the morning. <laughs> and at that point, I was eight centimeters dilated. I was like, who knows how long it's going to take for me to get to the next two centimeters. And then they say you labor for like, or they say for your first baby, you push for like three hours on average. And I was like, I am going to be so tired. I will not like my baby. (laughs) (laughs) I just knew I was like, I won't like her and I want any chance that I can take to like her. And so I, I looked at the new nurse and I said, is it too late for me to get an epidural? Cause at some point, at one point they won't let you get it anymore. Mm-hmm. And she says, yeah, you can still get it. Is that what you want? And like Dixon and my mom are like, okay, are you really sure? Cause I had talked to them and helped them. They kind of took the classes with me or at least watch videos with me to help prepare me and for them to be prepared as well. And they're like, is this what you want? And I said, yeah. And so they're like, all right, cool. So the lady goes, all right, cool. I'll bring the guy in. So she brings the guy in. He puts the epidural in. I was super, super scared about it, but he did a great <laughs> job. And I then felt nothing. Wow. I felt the complete opposite of what I had been feeling. <laughs> and I was so relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like laying there. I mean, I didn't sleep, but I was able to rest. And now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it was nine in the morning. It doesn't really matter that much. Well, it kind of does. Yeah. I think it was like about nine in the morning now that I think about it, because then I started pushing at 10 Mm. and, you know, get my feet up at the stirrups. Mm -hmm. My mom holds a leg. Dixon holds a leg. They help me push. The nurse would talk me through it. And, you know, we push on the contractions and, you know, Lisa's coming out and it was awesome. I pushed for an hour and the nurse is like, okay, you have to stop because she's coming. And the doctor's not here. When I had originally initially started pushing, they were like, okay, the doctor's going into a C-section right now, but don't worry. Like you'll be Mm. here for a while. And he's usually really fast. Well, I pushed quicker than I expected, and he had, there were some complications in the C-section. So, she's like, okay, you have to wait, which I hear happens a lot. Wow. And it's kind of annoying. Yeah. You should not have to wait in that situation. Let nature do its thing. But 
finally, the doctor comes in after like an hour, hour and ten, and <laughs> Liesl had literally been on the edge. She was ready to come out. The nurse had told me, she was like, stop, like, don't push. And it was actually shocked when I didn't. But I was like, I just feel great. Because you can still feel pressure. Like, you can, t- I could tell that she was right there. And I could feel every time that a contraction was pushing her out. Mm. But the nurse was like, do not push when you feel the urge. And I didn't. And she was like, wow, you actually didn't. I was like, whoa, you told me not to. <laughs> I'm a rule follower. What can I say? Yeah. I, I left my feet up in the stirrups for that half hour, too. I felt so good. <laughs> and... And uh, so then the doctor comes in. This was like a something out of a movie. <laughs> like ten other people come in. They're getting stuff put together. They've got all these tables with different stuff. He gets a full bodysuit on, something on over his shoes, gloves on, right? I push like three or four more times and Liesl is here. <laughs> and that's crazy. Yeah. And that moment was so cool. Just to, like, hear her cry, see her little face and body. You know, they they wipe her down a little bit. They put her on my chest. I got to hold her for the first time. (laughs) This human that I I honestly didn't feel that connected to when I was pregnant. I I loved and was excited about, but I I didn't feel like a strong connection Mm to was here. And all of a sudden, I just, like... I felt it. And that doesn't happen for everyone. I was very lucky that it happened mm-hmm. for me. Um, but that's why I got the epidural. <laughs> because I, 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 I knew that wouldn't have happened if I didn't. And that was just my my personal, you know, what I needed to do for me. And it was so beautiful. You know, Dixon cut the cord, which he didn't want to do. But the doctor kind of peer pressured him into <laughs> The doctor shows me my placenta. It was crazy. Whoa. <clears throat> And they, you know, they get all of Liesl's measurements, and I spend two nights in the hospital, and then we finally take her home. Uh, she got here, I think it was like, I would always say, she arrived at like 11.45 a.m., and Dixon would be like, no, and give the specific time. I can't remember. It, it was like 11.20, or 11.42, or 11.43, He would or remember. Like <laughs> yeah. I have it written down somewhere, but I, I just, it was around 11.45 <laughs> on April 13th. And, um, it was wild, but people throughout pregnancy would be like, isn't pregnancy magical? And I was like, no. You're like, shut up. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Pregnancy is cool, but not, not magical. Birth to me was magical. And, That's um, actually, I've been hearing, I mean, not that I know a lot of pregnant women, but I do feel like I've heard that multiple times in the past few years where like pregnancy is quite literally hell (laughs) but then like especially if you feel like emotional effects of pregnancy like if you feel like you're more depressed or anxious Mm -hmm. and then to have the baby out and you have a baby but then you also have like this relief of I don't feel this like existential dread anymore like yeah. it's so much well and people like amanda your older your oldest sister uh she had told me she's like it's crazy because everything that you feel during pregnancy just goes away as soon as the baby gets here and it was so true like i mean there were other things that came afterwards mm-hmm. but like all the pain all those things like just gone and it was absolutely incredible <laughs> it was so so wild and i want to add 
a couple things because I, I want this to inspire women who are, you know, either about to go through that or have already and maybe are going to go through it again or whatever because there are some things that I wish that had happened differently and I had control over them but I didn't know that because it's not talked about like like I wish I would have had a midwife or a doula even though the doctors that I had were awesome I wish I would have had that because I think they would have helped me in those moments where I was crying out for help more or that like they would have been like oh let's get you in the tub right there mm -hmm. would have been a a different kind of monitoring yeah. and or support and that would have been really helpful and then I wish I would have used the tools available to me they offered you know they had offered the tub at the beginning and they offered different like like a peanut ball or a like one of those workout balls that you could sit on right mm -hmm. there are things like that that I didn't take advantage of because I was like nervous yeah. also they don't let you eat anything but ice chips yeah I could demand food and next time I will because I would have had the energy to make it through the rest of the night and not have had to get the epidural, which I'm still not mad that I got the epidural. Like that's, that's fine. And I'm not going to go into why I didn't want it on here because that could go on for a while. Um, the point is, is <laughs> I didn't want it, but then I got it and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. And I had told myself like, it's okay if you get it. So But if I had been allowed food, I would have made it. I would have had so much more energy. Honestly, things might have gone quicker because I would have felt calmer. And I think, now somebody might end up correcting me, but I think that the reason they do that is so then you're not like pooping while you're pushing out the baby. But guess what? Still pooped. <laughs> I watched her wipe my butt. And I was like, oh, did I just poop? She's like, yeah. That happened on ice chips. Oh my God. <laughs> like, and the last meal I'd eaten was at like six o'clock. Wow. I went from like 6 p.m. one day to noon the next day mm -hmm. with zero food, doing the toughest thing a body could ever do. They say that pregnancy alone, that like small moments of pregnancy are like running a, ma a marathon and you run like several marathons essentially mm -hmm. with the way that your body is acting and then you push out a baby which is like even more intense mm -hmm. and you're not allowed food i am like i get so heated about that <laughs> next time i'm gonna be like no i'm eating and it's not like i need like a full meal i just at least need like crackers or something mm -hmm. you know um or granola bar or like a smoothie <laughs> like i don't even feel like i need it's not like i need a cheeseburger <laughs> But next time I will have food and... Maybe not Taco Bell, but anything else. Anything else. <laughs> and I, I, I'm going to... Next time, I'm going to demand my needs more, whether it's in triage or delivery. I'm going to trust my body and stick to my guns. Like, I knew that my water broke. I knew it. And no one listened to me until the very end. And even then, they were still unsure until there was that ultrasound. And next time, I'm not letting that... I'm not letting that happen. Obviously, it could be completely different, but I'm going to fight for what I need more because there could have been so many dangerous things that could have potentially happened in that time frame. And I'm so lucky that everything was fine. I also, I would pack way less. <laughs> <laughs> I already packed a pretty minimal amount, but I would definitely pack a lot less. But anyway, and then I, you know, I went through recovery, which was, oof. I won't get into that either because that is a whole other episode in and of <laughs> itself, but that was a doozy. 
And, uh, you know, here we are a whole year later. A whole year later. Yeah. You made it, dude. (sighs) Yeah. Something that has been kind of reiterated to me as you've been talking is that you are really good at accepting yourself, I think. And I don't know if that's something you feel about yourself, but like you... You changed your birth plan, and a lot of people would really beat themselves up about that unnecessarily. Or I know that you've been pretty open with your breastfeeding journey not really being what you wanted it to be. But I see you just like fully accepting yourself for the things that you do that didn't go to plan or weren't really have the potential to be judged by other people and criticized. And I love that you don't let yourself be the main critical voice. I don't know. I Maybe behind the scenes you are doing that a lot more, but I think even you being able to present yourself that way is really impressive, and I admire it a lot. (laughs) Thank you. I... In this aspect of my life, it was really easy to do. Um, There are other parts of my life that I'm working on that. And it's going well. (laughs) Good. Um, I went into birth without expectations. This is what I like to tell people. I went in without expectations. I had anticipations. Mm -hmm. But those are different expectations to me are something that like if you have an expectation you literally are expecting this is exactly how it should happen Mm -hmm. and I didn't want that because I I knew that they wouldn't happen yeah so I had anticipations things that I anticipated were that it was going to be challenging I anticipated that I was going to have to make lots of decisions I anticipated that I was going to be tired right there were things like that and so then I felt felt like it made me feel much more adaptable um especially emotionally, which is so key because it is such a wildly emotional experience. And if you have too many expectations, it can ruin it. You know, looking back a year ago, yes, there are things that I'm angry about, but they have nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And they have nothing to do with my decisions on how I did everything. I don't look back at it and say, oh, I wish it could have been so different because <laughs> how it went in the moment... I felt so happy. I felt so... I felt so much joy. Joy to me is this like long-lasting, beautiful... It's a different feeling than happiness. And that's what I felt then, despite like the little annoying things. Mm -hmm. Because I'm sure I'll have those things next time too. Yeah. It's never going to be like what people think is perfect, but it was perfect for me. And... I don't know if that was because of my age. I turned 28 three days before I had a baby. (laughs) And most of my friends had had multiple kids before I was even pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so I had heard a lot of things and was able to go in with a much more open mind and not let anything, like, be so 
super determined in my mind. Um, like the epidural, for example. I There are just things about it that made me kind of nervous. I don't think they're bad by any means. They're just things that made me kind of nervous. But I had told myself, I was like, if there is a situation where I feel like it's a dire need for it, then yeah, I'm going to do it. And mm-hmm. I felt that, so I did it, you know? But yeah. Yeah, I, I hope that more, more people can feel that way. Yeah, and it is, I think, like you were saying, especially important in a labor setting because mm-hmm. it's all about you and all about that baby. And you have to be okay with, you know, the what has to happen. And there's already so much emotion going into it and after it and beating yourself up for those things cannot help in any way. (laughs) No. And I have, so yeah, I've been open about my breastfeeding journey as of late. (laughs) Um, there's been a lot of pain and self-sabotage that's gone into that. And I'm glad I didn't experience that with birth. And I hope that next time I don't feel that with breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is really the way that you perceive yourself, but I see you doing that in so many different aspects of your life. Like, I think that once you decide that you are going to accept something about yourself, it's like, I see you just being so confident and so unapologetic about those certain things. And like, I don't know, it's just every little thing, like the the type of content you wanna make or um, the hobbies that you, get into it's just cool because I feel like once you come to that conclusion you're like no no one's gonna change my mind about this and I don't know do you feel like that is true to who you are or do you feel like that's kind of an interesting perspective I have (laughs) um it's what I've wanted my perspective of myself to be and so to hear you say that especially you somebody who I look up to a lot and um feel you know close to and stuff it means a lot to hear you say that because I've been working on it a lot and yeah so sometimes yeah but the last thing you said (laughs) I really related to but once I set my mind to something I will do it And I've never considered myself stubborn. I I still wouldn't say I'm necessarily stubborn, but I just am, I don't know if it's even like commitment either. Whatever it is, something in my brain, once I'm like, this is what I'm gonna do, then that's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, no one can stop me. And funny enough, I already see that in Liesl. Yeah. And it's a little frustrating sometimes. Yeah. But I also, it's one of my favorite qualities about myself. And I've never thought about how that can apply to everything that you said just before that specific thought. And so that is actually really encouraging to me as I work on this journey of trying to just like plow forward in being confident. Yeah. Honestly, I I think it relates so well because... I've seen you be so confident in certain things that I've never even thought to be confident in. And I'm like, oh my gosh, 
I can say, I can just eliminate certain words from my vocabulary and feel totally fine with it. And like, (laughs) it's just like so funny because I know you think so deeply about so many things and I know that a lot of thought goes into those decisions. And so I just love seeing it. And I struggle with that because I can feel confident in something and not want anyone to think that I'm confident in it because I have a little (laughs) bit of like a, ooh, what if they don't think I'm good at it actually? And yeah, yeah, it's, it's good to be exposed to that. Well, good. It's one of our main differences that I appreciate. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And it's, I mean, not something I've, my confidence has fluctuated over the years. Yeah. yeah I don't want to make it sound like I think you're this like no. perfect, confident person. Who does, I know that's yeah. not what you're saying. Um, it just is like fun because I've been thinking about it a lot. So it's a good conversation. And, and I'll say this, cause it still ties into the fact that I had a child, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I used to be somebody who was very confident, still had insecurities because everybody has insecurities. But I, I look back at like, from the time I was born to the time I was like 21, massive amounts of confidence and not arrogant confidence. I just was like, so sure of what I wanted to do and be and, um, knew myself really, really well, even with my insecurities and my things that I need to go to therapy for but (laughs) I like I feel like I also really emanated a light that maybe that's more what the confidence was and then there were some people around the time that I turned 21 that I became friends with who like stole that light Mm. and I thought about how like everybody eliminates what everybody illuminate some form of light for the most part and there are just those people that illuminate more than others Mm -hmm. and then there are those who also are just black holes and I was surrounded by several (laughs) more than several black holes and I lost that for a really long time when I moved to Utah around the time that I met Dixon I met some of my greatest friends and that's when I really also started to get closer to my best friend Emma uh, we had started to get closer before that, but we lived closer to each other, and so it was easier. Mm-hmm. And I started to find that light again, but I think it's because I also had people who were supplying me their light. And those friends, I didn't have as much light to give them, and I feel bad because a lot of them don't live close anymore. But then once I had Liesel, it was like... It was like she was my light. And I was able to find it again, even through the struggles. Truly, all the things that you're talking about that you're, you know, telling me that I'm good at, it's it's because of her. (laughs) And then I've had some other friends that have come into our lives since that are, like, helping to add to that. And it's been really, really cool to see, you know, she's been the reason that I have decided that I'm going to follow my creative dreams. She's the reason that I have felt 
uh, fell back into my like social outgoing self. She's the reason that I'm trying to repair my relationship with music. She's she's everything. And this year, this this year has just been crazy uh, for so many reasons. Watching a child grow is mind blowing. <laughs> um, but to watch how you grow. It's pretty cool, too. Well, now that I've pulled myself together. (laughs) uh, One last thing that we wanted to do, because it is Liesl's birthday, and we're both obsessed with her, is just some of... (laughs) Yeah. We just wanted to quickly say some of our favorite things about her. Yeah. I've got just a tiny list of the millions of things I love (laughs) about her. Um, There are certain times where Liesl will be smiling so big. And then, (laughs) it's so precious. She's already smiling so big. And then something else happens that makes her even more happy. She'll pause for a second. And then you'll just see her smile and her face get even more, like, scrunchied up than it was before. I don't know how else to say it besides scrunchy. Like, her whole face is just smiling. Yes. And I love those moments because you're like, she just has so much joy within her. Mm -hmm. Just a joyful little girl. Um, I also love that she loves music. Mm. It's so apparent. Like, she will stop whatever she's doing to hear music anytime. And I love that. And also it makes sense because of her parents. So, (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny because when she was in the womb, I would, like, put headphones on to see if she would, like, move around in there. Not at all. Well, maybe it's because she was stopping and listening. Maybe. That's what she does now. She's appreciating it. <laughs> She's like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, what is that? <laughs> Fluid, stop moving. I'm listening. That's why she likes all time low. <laughs> That's what I would play for. Maybe it's not my weekend. And the last thing is, as I was babysitting her last night, she was doing this cute thing. Where she was just toddling around because she can walk now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she would get tired of walking. And instead of sitting, she would find something to lean against. <laughs> and usually she would lean her butt or her back against it. And then just like vibe there. Just as she's leaning. And I thought it was the funniest thing. One of my new favorite things that she does. <laughs> yeah, it's, I love when she does that. She's just like, ah, take it a rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I love all those things too. I love that like from the time that she was in my belly, I could tell what her personality was. I could tell yeah. that she was like, uh, this is what I want. <laughs> and she is still like that. And uh, just seeing that grow is so fun. She really is such a happy baby, yeah. which I love. She really only gets upset when she's hungry. She gets real hangry. Waking her up in the morning is the best Aww. because she just is so happy to see you. And I also love when you give her things to make, like two things to make a decision because she truly looks at both decisions and, or options and, you know, weighs the options and then makes her decision. We do that, you know, <laughs> with her stuffed animal that she's going to sleep with. And my other favorite thing is like she loves people. 
She absolutely loves people. She's a little extrovert. You will see her like an hour after waking up, rubbing her eyes. You're like, you're not tired. You just got up. And then you go put her with like a bunch of kids or even adults. And she just like could go for like five hours straight. (laughs) And, um, And that's awesome. But what I love the most is that once she is with me or Dixon, you can tell that she feels safer than anywhere. Mm. And that's a pretty cool feeling. Yeah. To be that, to just be like, to have her look at me and she can't say that I love you, but I just can like feel it stronger than I've ever felt. What more could you want as a parent? Seriously. Not much. Seriously. I will say last year, 2022, was filled with some low moments for me emotionally. And I genuinely think that baby saved my life a few times. (laughs) Like, I would be filled with so much sadness for reasons that I couldn't pinpoint. And I would come here and I would just look at her. Oh my gosh, why am I getting misty right now? This doesn't happen to me. (laughs) I would just look at her and I would try to make her laugh. And it was just like the most fulfilling thing to me. And, like, literally, that's the most important thing someone could do for you is, like, make you feel supported in those moments. And I'm like, how is a little baby doing that for me? And it's, it was a very, something that I feel a lot of gratitude to her and to you guys for that I will never be able to fully express. Yeah. I mean, same. She saved him, too. (laughs) But I think it comes from that she just, you know, she has an untainted love for humans. Yeah. But she's the best. Yeah. Shout Happy out. birthday. Yeah. Shout out, Liesl. <laughs> yes. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, baby girl. Thanks for saying all of that. You're welcome. And being so sincere. <laughs> you too. <Thank> you. <laughs> we really hope you guys enjoyed this episode of A Sit Down Memory Lane. Follow us on Instagram. We also do have a TikTok. Right now, it's called Sips Podcast, if you want to try and find us. There's only one video, but we will be working on that. (laughs) (laughs) Also, if you are a regular listener, or even if you're not, we would love it if you followed our podcast on all of the things. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you listen on, and leave a review if you'd like. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Yo. <laughs> the way I've said that word. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> okay.